Blog Talk Radio. The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus to bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary based on well-verified references fed through vigilance and discernment. Our desire to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Good morning, good night, and good evening. My name is Timothy Saunders. I am one of your co-hosts on this 26th edition of The Other Side of the News. I'm speaking to you this morning from Southwest Turkey, which for many of you is situated on the other side of this third planet from the sun. I will soon be joined by co-host and producer Kintia, together with co-host and researcher Annette Driscoll, who are both broadcasting from nearby city San Francisco in California. This show is entitled Houdini's Escape. In our continued search for truth, we often refer to terms such as they, meaning those individuals who presumably share our planet and yet seem hell-bent on damaging it while playing little regard for us. While they may seem almost omnipotent to many, I prefer the term the minority simply because that is exactly what they are. We, the lion's share of humanity, we are the majority. And when properly awakened, aware, aligned, and resonant with each other, we may choose to retain or give away our sovereign power. I know which I choose. As we focus slightly beyond the veil of mainstream reality, we see a continuous and inseparable link between these individuals and certain key events. Just beyond the sweet spot of mainstream perception, not only is a system discernible, but also a strategy. It transpires this agenda has been in play for hundreds or thousands of years, perhaps even for eternity. However, during these pandemic months, it appears the minority has decided no more camouflage is necessary, as the system and all of its ugly inner workings is clear to see by all. Despite this, remarkably, many people continue to miss what is hidden in plain sight, as they do not question unhealthy mask wearing, enforcement, anti-social distancing, fear porn, and constant funneling prospective mandatory vaccination beyond their dome of mainstream programming. While this may sound judgmental, it really is no surprise 
considering this system has been designed to operate from the core of our society. It transpires this system is the pandemic, as it is evident at the foundations of all pillars of society. For example, in our legal system, this agenda affects each layer through the court, clerks, judges, police, sheriffs, and prosecutors. By default, similar infiltration networks through banking, business, taxation, education, and medicine, etc. Think about it. While this is undesirable, it is entirely logical. According to our guests, the entire legal structure and system is based on and feeds off the uncopywritten version of the 1611 King James Bible. What is very notable is that everything in a minority system begins with the word, and the word is the name. A name can have various spellings or structures, and each has a different set of rights associated with it, one set for private, another set for commercial. You may have heard about some of these remarkable differences between the law of the land and admiralty law from researchers such as Jordan Maxwell, who was incidentally a previous guest on the other side of midnight, not so many moons ago. A name can also be used by the minority, along with missing records to enslave us. The truth is, we are ambushed shortly after we take our first breath, and it takes some of us a lifetime to navigate and negotiate a safe escape. We are very fortunate to be joined by some individuals who are willing to explain and share the key points from the wealth of their experiences. I very much look forward to hearing our guests' perspective regarding this awakening process, all with a view to illuminate the best path to lead us to a positive outcome. You may find us at www.theothersideofmidnight.com. Click on the other side of the news in the drop down menu, or kindly scroll down to tonight's white the other side of the news show banner. There you will see details for this show, quick links to our bios, as well as links to our show items, references and selected research. As usual, there is a huge collection of information to read, watch and listen to, most of which has been handpicked from independent sources. I do urge you to watch and download them sooner than later, as the censorship bots are working around the clock to rewrite our history in real time. As we positively encourage our listeners to co-create a better future, you'll find call-in telephone number below tonight's banner. If you have a burning question or perhaps would like to share an important feat on the ground observation, please dial plus one if you're outside of North America, followed by 917-889-8802. You'll come through to our sound engineer in the control tower, Keith Morgan, who will guide you onto our runway and then into the air. One gentle reminder, when you hear the show through your telephone, please switch off your radio, laptop, iPad, or other listening device to avoid any unpleasant feedback. During the last week, we have seen many remarkable events in the news. Each topic raised and its backstory could easily fill up one show by itself. We have seen localized lockdowns, more tightening of already strict regulations to wear masks, militarization, of mask enforcement, security and armed guards placed at shopping venues, and in the UK, the army is being prepared. This is ridiculous. More events and new legislation has been passed that point towards near future international food shortages. This may explain the extra security. 
Uh, even Dr. Oz, a well-known doctor of Turkish origin, who had built up a reputable career in the U.S. as a presenter, medical practitioner, over many years, who I must say seemed to have sold out uh, when he chose to actively push flu vaccinations to his audience on live TV, has this week disclosed, or mainstream news, certain correlations between said flu vaccination and the COVID-19 infection rate. Maybe his sponsorship has come to an end, or maybe his conscience has intervened. Well, time will tell with this one. And in Australia, a key government official resigned this week. Either he just had one sip too many of the mainstream Kool-Aid and decided to tell the truth, or perhaps his usefulness simply expired. And 100 plus German, excuse me, Belgian doctors have joined the 1,000 plus German doctors who joined the ever increasing number of international doctors and health officials to call for an end to lockdown due to no medical justification for emergency measures. This additional awakening is welcomed as we in the Northern Hemisphere snowball from equinox to midwinter. And tomorrow marks another great step in the ongoing awakening process with many large demonstrations or picnics, as they have been dubbed by Max Egan. They've been planned for tomorrow, one which uh, is called the Freedom Rally, which begins in London around noon. Despite these events gaining increasing popularity, they hardly appear on mainstream and social media as censorship is tightened in ever desperation. Listeners may like to check out www.ruckley.com. Then you can see uh, these events happening live. Despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, and activists who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from the mainstream and social media propaganda, to make your own independent research, to stop acquiescing, and to stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Trial, our guest, is such an individual. I look forward to her joining us very shortly. Good evening, Kintia. Good evening, Aneta. How's life with you this week? Good evening. So glad to be here. Um, my life is, is going pretty well, but I can tell you everywhere that I'm going, I'm sharing with those that I happen to talk to, whether it's in the store, in the bank, or wherever, to think about saving food, storing up food, because this election that's coming up is uh, in America, the American election, is uh, very likely to cause a great um, conflict. And a lot of the truckers who would deliver in certain areas don't want to risk having their trucks vandalized. So you'll see that food shortages are starting to appear around the world. There's a link uh, to Australia where they're now starting to experience food shortages after Victoria gave up its right to bear arms. They are now... um, It's like being in a concentration camp. My heart just bleeds for them. But I want to say to all our listeners, be prepared. Be prepared. Start storing food, storing water. If you have empty jars, jugs that you use water, 
even just tap water for washing your dishes, but be prepared because the next few months could be very challenging and you want to make sure that your family's safe. So that's what I've been doing here in my home is getting prepared, uh, not only to care for myself, but some of my friends who don't have that ability. And it's, it's really important. Um, the worst that happens is you land up using the food a few months from now. Uh, but if you don't have it, it could be very uh, sad indeed. So that's what I have to say. I, I am grateful to all the researchers and reporters who have been sharing this information and helped to make me alert. And I'm grateful for the advances that we are making legally. I know there's some uh, advances happening in Canada. And so we will continue. And our guest tonight is going to show us a way to break out of the matrix. I'm very excited about that. So, Annetta? Yes. Uh, Well, uh, let's see. What did I do this week? I went to my beloved San Francisco. And I, I lived in the city for 25 years and... I thought there would never be a day that I didn't want to be in San Francisco. And a few years back, I had to move out of the city for other reasons. And I lived right across the bay. And uh, and I would go back frequently, several times a week. But uh, since this whole pandemic thing started, um, I haven't. And in fact, I haven't gone back at all. And we, we've been in lockdown in California more than six months now. We've passed the six-month mark. And they still aren't letting up. We still can't go into a restaurant. I mean, everything is still just like uh, total mask mandate, blah, 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 blah. And any of our listeners know that I, I don't agree with that. I don't, I, I, I don't acquiesce, uh, but it, it limits my ability to go places and things. But anyway, back to San Francisco. So I went there and I went for a dental appointment and it was, it was bizarre. Uh, first thing, I, I go into my dentist office, and there's a whole new table set up with all these plastic screens everywhere, and all these people come at me as I walk in. And this one guy, uh, without my permission, without asking, without anything, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pulls this temperature gun up, starts pointing it at my head to take my temperature. And I literally, I mean, I know they thought I was crazy, but I put my hands up in front of my head, and I said, no, 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 don't do this, right? And they're like, what? What's wrong? And I said, I said, you can take my temperature, but that's the inappropriate way. I said, you should really read the directions for the thermometer. You need to take it on my wrist or my neck, but not my head. Um, you know, I have reasons that I don't want it pointed at my head. And we actually all should have that same reason. It's not good for your brain. Um, it is, you know, it's an EMS generating a fairly strong one going right at your pituitary. But anyway, that was the start of it. And then it just got weirder. But after I left my dental office, that's when it got, well, it was strange before that. Driving through downtown San Francisco, I was in the financial district to come in off the bridge. And it was a ghost town. There was literally no one walking on the streets. And if you know anything about San Francisco, it's an extremely pedestrian city. There's people everywhere. It's kind of like New York in that there's just people all over the sidewalks and walking all over the place. There was no one. There were cars parked in all the spots, but no people. It was very strange. So anyway, after my dental appointment, I went over to my favorite little shopping street. And it was, again, uh, very strange. The people, though, were the weirdest part. They were so, uh, they had watched so much fear porn. And they were looking, they were all looking at each other like, oh, my God, this person, 
person could make me sick. You better stay away from me. I mean, there was this attitude that was just, un- <coughs> excuse me, unbelievable going on. You're going to have to take a sip, sorry. Anyway, after that, I, I, want, I went into a, a, a store, which they were requiring uh, hand sanitation and to dry your hands with the hand sanitizer before you, you went in. So I took my two squirts. They went onto the floor, and then I, you know, went in. They asked me, and I said, well, I did use the hand sanitizer. I just didn't say where I used it. So I went in. And I had a, an, a mask Nazi three times tell me my mask wasn't properly on, which it wasn't. But I wanted to go into the store so badly that I had to put a mask on, which Cynthia and everyone else would know that, that I haven't done that in like almost never, ever, ever in this whole time. It was such an unpleasant um, incident that it, it felt so uncomfortable, the whole thing being watched, being you know, stalked, basically that I decided to abort my other, um, my other things on the, uh, my list that I wanted to go to that were within that same block. And the sad thing about it is, is at the end, I was driving out of the city and I felt myself saying goodbye to a place that I dearly love, that I have all kinds of fond memories for. And I realized it is not the same river that I'm standing in and it will never be. And it has been totally taken over by fear and changed. And I don't think it can go back. Half of the businesses on the street, Clement Street, where I was, have chains on the door. And they don't say closed temporarily. They're like closed as in permanently. Over half of the businesses are gone on a, on a shopping street. And the people are so strange and traumatized that I don't see that it will ever recover. And I don't ever want to spend time there again like if I never had to go back to San Francisco it would probably be too soon and I can't believe I'm saying that but that was my experience which is a sad story but that was my experience this week that is uh, that is quite an eye opener isn't it yeah uh, well the only thing I can add to this is uh, yesterday evening I was outside in a, a garden restaurant and uh, yeah, just waiting for my uh, kids to finally run out of energy, running around like crazy people. Um, So while I was waiting, I just happened to overhear a conversation, not eavesdropping, but just happened to overhear a conversation between two two ladies, and they would have been sitting fairly close on a different table uh, all evening. And, uh, you know, the topic of conversation was, oh, well, look at my mask. This mask is this color and it has this pattern. And this one here has this clip and you can put that on there and you can clip a new filter behind this, you know, this matching color that goes with my nail varnish or my dress or whatever it is. And, and I just, you know, I just could not believe my ears that somebody is having this conversation and, you know, totally and utterly come to terms with this this alien object that's blanking out our face, blanking out our personality, you know, inhibiting our breathing. It, it, is, it is harmful. I mean, again, we've talked about this so many times, I don't want to waste the airtime, but it is condensed into this sort of reluctant sort of acceptance to, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm totally bought in and I bought this color and I bought this clip and I bought this matching thing. I couldn't believe it. It, it just made me feel... You know, these people are alien to me. 
I've known these people uh, for some time, not very well, but I know of them for many years. And uh, it, it just it just worries me how some people are so deeply, you know, hook, line, and sinker into this COVID precautions. Um, anyway, well, said enough. Is, let's... Well, it, it does bother me. I want to say one more thing that, um, yeah, that, that really bothers me. And the other thing is how people are not making the connection between the sheer violence that, you know, we have all these videos of, of police violently attacking people for not wearing a mask. This can't be about their health because they certainly aren't worried about their health when they have their pave, their face in the pavement with their knee on their neck. And it, so this isn't about your health uh, when it comes to the mask. I mean, if it was, then it would use some other device, uh, like a real mask that actually did something, not some bandana or cloth, which does pretty well nothing. So, you know, uh, except that it, it has detrimental effects. But, you know, the, the thing is, is where is the, I, I ask myself, where is the connection not being made that the absolute fascist draconian enforcement of these uh, mandates that aren't even constitutional or anything else, uh, why isn't there a connection made between this has nothing to do with the actual mask and everything to do with the enforcement of a tyranny? So that's just exactly, exactly that. And in the same way as we saw, you know, this event where George Floyd had a, a knee on his neck, you know, within a week, I think there was a photograph posted of a, uh, a similar incident. Um, I'm not sure if the, the victim actually died, but a similar incident in France where a French police person um, had his knee in the same way on uh, on a black guy's neck on the pavement. And that was within seven days of the George Floyd incident. You know, we're seeing these horribly aggressive events in Australia, which Kinti has focused on the last few weeks, and uh, maybe we'll have an update about that as well. But these same events I I've seen you know, like stormtroopers running through a fresh vegetable market, you know, scaring the living shit out of people as they, uh, you know, are aggressively not asked, but they're aggressively pushed and it's worse than any rugby scrum. Um, the same thing I've seen this week happen in France. Uh, it's just unbelievable how this connection is not being made. As you say, it's not about health. It's about enforcement. And now what I heard yesterday uh, Friday for me, as it's early Saturday morning, was in the UK, there's been a, a law or it's a law, it's questionable, but let's just say a bill has been proposed or let's just say under emergency measures, the UK army has been uh, prepared to help security enforce people to wear masks as they enter shops, markets and uh, high streets. I mean, it, it's it's just absolutely so far out of proportion. I can't even believe the words I'm hearing as I'm, as I'm saying them. But uh, let's hope that um, our guests can offer us some solutions, uh, how we can solve all of this around the globe. Yes. Well, I, I uh, have the pleasure of, of coming across uh, Triel's work, and I'm I'm so pleased that we were able to have her come on the show. So I'm going to give you a little bio on her. Uh, she has been on a quest to expose the hidden methods used to enslave the human race, in part through the legal system. And she's been doing this for quite some time. Her teachers have been straight from the trenches of personal experience. And she has learned from 
uh, court clerks, judges, police officers, sheriffs, and prosecutors. So she's really coming from a place of personal um, experience, going into the trenches there. Her research um, and experience led to the confirmation that the entire legal system is based on an uncopywritten 1611 King James Bible. And in fact, it's an encoded uh, book, basically. And she learned how to operate uh, within the court structure in different jurisdictions, constitutional, equitable, contract law. So additionally, she has asserted how to discharge debt, credit, enact the Sestake the rights, um, utilize the name, its powers and duties, and plus much, much more. And she teaches um, her students on how to work with this knowledge to extricate themselves from enmeshing from this enmeshing system. So she has uh, quite a few students and um, she's helped a lot of people uh, get out of some kind of, some jams we find ourselves in. So with that, I'd like to uh, run a trial. You there? Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? (laughs) Good morning. Great. (laughs) How is everybody? Well, we're happy you're well. here. <laughs> Good. Thanks I'm glad to have to you here. on the show. Yes, thank you. And and I want to thank Tony um, for being the uh, the the one who helped connect us all together. Um, he is such a huge asset and such a, a great friend and um, a wonderful researcher and incredibly competent also in the legal world. And the first one I wanted to thank was him because he makes a lot of things happen behind the scenes. And so if he's listening, Tony, thank you. I appreciate you and I love you. Um, all right, so let's get started. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about and what this all boils down to is uh, I sat down one day and I started having these uh, really unique spiritual experiences, at least unique to me, uh, because I wasn't focused on spiritual experiences, but I began to have these spiritual experiences, spiritual experiences came, uh, information, knowledge, things that I didn't quite understand at the time. And as time unfolded, I began to understand further. Um, and what I was looking for was the common denominator of suffering of everyone suffering, mainly in the United States. But as I started to, uh, branch out and examine further, I uh, discovered that it was pretty much global. And the common denominator is your name. Um, So the entire system, uh, like they said, runs off of the uncopywritten version of the 1611 uh, King James Bible. We've had this confirmed by uh, police officers and sheriffs in multiple states across the country. And as I'm uh, sort of going through my own adventure, I'm finding that um, as long as you sort of stay within those boundaries of the book and you have um, other tools like Black's Law Dictionary, Etymology Dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary, which is a legal dictionary that the majority of these folks use, um, you'll be able to navigate, pardon, you'll be able to navigate uh, through the system fairly safely and with the aid of the people who are enforcing the law. The law that they're enforcing <clears throat> is the law of the land. 
the dilemma is, is that people's names are not um, being recognized in their system because there's no official record of your existence. Now, <clears throat> when the babies are born, uh, what happens is the baby's born and the nurse comes out and pricks the foot and takes the blood, puts on the piece of paper, runs off, you never see the piece of paper again. That's what begins what they call a blood covenant. That's what this is all about. And it most certainly is medical, okay? Um, the reason why we're seeing so much medical um, uh, activity now is because these medical certificates have never been brought back to where, they, uh, where they're supposed to be within the record. And so <clears throat> your name is considered private property. Okay. Uh, they've got everybody pretty much trained. What's your name? Give me your name. You go into Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts now and you, you put in your order and the first thing that they want is your name. And so they've got everyone trained to violate their own privacy act. Uh, <clears throat> the name is also protected under the fourth amendment under property. Uh, and we learned this. Yes. Uh, can you I, hear I, me? You, yes, you're on a roll, and we are already at the bottom of the hour, so I'm, I'm going to bring you back right after the break. Hold that thought. Okay. But, all right. Sure. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary... Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. side of the news can be heard here on this network, on this channel, on this website, on this URL, every Friday evening, two hours, seven to nine p.m. Pacific time. I warn you, you'll miss it at your own peril. Welcome back to the other side of the news. To find tonight's show page, 
please go to the other side of midnight.com. And our guest tonight is Trial. The show is called Houdini's Escape. And co-hosting are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. So, Trial, you were just in the middle of a discussion about names when we had to go to break. I'm looking forward to better understand about the blood cult and why why we're not on land law. Uh, You indicated that. So, take it away. So, what's happened is um, Social Security is is the one what happens is is if your record if no one goes in and does a chain on a change on the record or deposit or some type of um uh presentment where they recognize it it's actually called recognition then they mark you off as dead and that status is called civilitier mortis it's c-i-v-i-l-i-t-i-e-r M-O-R-T-U-U-S. And what that is, is that you're considered civilly dead in the eyes of the law. And that's also the equivalent of the word black. Okay. Black is not a color of a race of people. Um, It is a status and it's considered dead in law. And so what's taking place is, is that they've got everyone bound into these uh, blood covenants, um, which is also considered somewhat of a performance bond. And the performance bond system is extremely old. I want to say it's uh, began, at least on record from what we know, uh, 2750 BC. So it's a very old system. And that bond is intended to be placed into the um, court records and eventually destroyed. Um, and when that bond is destroyed, you have your, your, you have your freedom, you have your liberation. So Social Security, in the meantime, has you listed in their system as dead. It's the same thing as having frozen assets. So let's say if you were going to be arrested, sorry, you're under arrest. It's the same thing as your assets are frozen. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, we're going to have to take you and use you as surety. You're the person responsible for it. Uh, they've given everyone fictitious names, uh, also called misnomers. And in federal law, it's a federal crime to use a fictitious name through the post office or in any depository. Uh, that um, federal law is uh, see, 18 U.S.C. 1342. You can check that out. And essentially what it says is that if you use any other name other than your proper name through the United States Postal Service or a depository, it's a fine. Uh, excuse me, it's a crime. And so what's happened is, is that we've all been thrown into this criminal jurisdiction, which is being enforced against us, okay? Um, And with that, your driver's license is in a fictitious name. Your mortgage is in a fictitious name. And in fact, all of the mortgages, if you go and you look at your mortgage documentation, all of the errors and mistakes in your mortgage are going to be in bold. Your name is going to be incorrect. The address is going to be incorrect. Um, and those will all be in bold to indicate that they need correction, they need to be updated, they need to be changed. Um, so in order to correct all of these things that you have going on, you need to go to the court of proof, which is also considered the orphan's court or, or a probate court. Uh, some courts are civil courts and they don't necessarily have the probate uh, court where they do it. 
but um, in, in these courts, it's what's called a name change. And what you would do is you would file a petition to change your name from the all cap version of your name to the proper form, which is upper lower first name, upper lower middle name, upper lower last name. And the proper name has to match what's on your blue birth certificate, not the white one from the city, because the cities are considered plantations, okay? Um, now, all of this stuff, everything before I go to execute <clears throat> or do anything, I match it with the Bible. There's a website called Bible Hub, and I check everything against the, the Bible. Kyle? Before. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can I, before you move on, I just have a quick question about something yeah. you just said. So you said that the, the name, the new, the name that you're going to change it to or uh-huh. change it back to is the name that's on yeah. your blue certificate. So what if you've changed your name several times? You got married or you changed your name for other reasons. Do you go mm-hmm. back to that birth name or can you choose another name? Well, typically what they do is, is if you're currently married and when people get married, they go to Social Security and they change the record at Social Security. And so that's going to be the last record that you have. Um, your marriage certificate, every marriage certificate that I've seen so far has been in a misnomer, all capital letter name. Those that, all of those records need to be changed. Um, if you're divorced, on a divorce decree, it says that you have the right to resume your former name, which is your correct proper name. So there may be divorce. What if you've divorced and then you took a name that's completely different than your birth name? Your your birth or your your record, whatever you have. So let's say you got divorced, right? Or your marriage certificate, whatever uh, vital statistic records, which they also called VIP, which is a very important person, which is a name that can be imported. Um, whatever the last VIP document shows is what you want to change it to. Now, if that VIP document is in all capital letter names and you're going to have to either do an amendment with VIP or do a name change at the court and then have VIP change the vital records to match that to be returned. Okay. Well, thank you for taking the time to answer that. I'm going to let you continue. You're welcome. Um, So on the, to add a twist to the story, I was having a discussion with this, nasty little attorney in Boston. Most people who, who have um, been to some of the live events and, and some of the webinars, I, I call him out frequently because of his uh, betrayal. Um, he incarcerated his own client under a fictitious name, and I confronted him, and he says to me, well, his body and spirit are bound to that name. And I said, wait a minute, hold on a second. You're talking about a whole different, this isn't just about jail. This isn't just about criminal charges. This is a spiritual nature. Who do you think you are? Well, maybe I should start talking. And he says, yeah, well, who are you going to tell? I said, you know what? That's a very good question. I'm going to start telling the people. So the attorneys know about this as well. As a matter of fact, uh, there are groups of attorneys and groups of people in the legal world who have these October parties, and they name them decedents fall. They call you decedent, okay, which means one who is dying. And as long as you, um, you're in their record, or excuse me, the problem is you're not in their record, so they defaulted everyone to dead. That's the, that's the biggest problem that we have because in the larger scope of things, I would say 
maybe 96% of the population is in a civil tier mortis status, which is a civil dead status, which means you're dead. And they see you as such. And this is why they can impose their laws on you. Uh, these are all criminal laws, because if you're dead, it's the same thing. You're stuck in a criminal jurisdiction. This is why they can impose on you. This is why they can enforce on you. This is why they can take your house, take your children, take your car. They can take everything because the names on them are fraud. They're fake. And you've committed a crime. And so, um, <clears throat> again, in order to rectify these things, you need to go take your certificate to the court. And this was taught to me. This was taught to me by uh, officials. And these officials have gone to Harvard. These officials have gone to Suffolk in Massachusetts, uh, where, where they have the majority of these high-level law schools. Uh, some of them are in Yale, Oxford, and um, they all know this. And here's the thing. People tend to um, get angry, of course, naturally, as that's your first reaction to, to, to something that seems to be off or wrong. Um, and they tend to be angry when they talk to these people. The dilemma is, is that they're speaking a completely different version of English than you are. And so when you speak to these people, they're telling you what the, what the solution is, what the response is, how to handle it. But we don't understand it because we're speaking in a, what they call a layman's term, okay? They're speaking in a legalese term, which I, which I, I call fork tongue. It's a snake language. It's, it's a two-pronged language. So um, let's say, for instance, if you're in court and the judge says, okay, well, do you understand the charges against you? And you say yes. That means that you agree of these charges against you, but you is not who you think it is. You is actually a piece of, it's a, it's a name on a piece of paper, okay? It's the same thing as EWE, which is a sacrificial lamb, the document that must be executed. And so there's a, there's a huge language barrier, and the Bible says, uh, come and let us go down and confound their language so they may not understand one another, and that's exactly what they've done. When you are able to put the anger away and you know, put the emotions away and listen to what they're saying and you know, maybe you know, run, go Google a couple of definitions of what they're saying, everything will start to unfold. And when it starts to unfold, you can match it with the Bible and you can see what it is that is required of you, and then you can perform it. Um, the more you engage with these people, the more it will all start to kind of unravel for you and make it easier for you, and you'll be pleasantly surprised that they take to it very well, and they begin to help you when they see the anger go away and the, uh, the understanding from your side, the comprehension from your side starts to... Um, starts to unfold and you can engage with them back and forth, you'll see very quickly that they're more than happy to help you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I have they another are, question. Okay. Of course. Yeah. No, it's so, okay. So what you're explaining, does this apply only to America or does it apply Absolutely to other not. governments around the world? This is all over the world. Um, as I was saying earlier, before we were on air, I, I had a client who was from Turkey and so we were going over the Constitution in Turkey, and the Constitution in Turkey is absolutely superb. And what it was saying in the Constitution is, is that the people have all of their rights intact, except for if it's a medical emergency. Okay? okay. Yes, which means That's that they can enforce the one, their... one right I'd really like to know about at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
check it out when you get a chance. I mean, the, the Turkish constitution is absolutely beautiful. So is the constitution of Haiti. I mean, if, if you know, for, for Haiti to be um, at least seen or reported as such a poverty-stricken uh, country, their constitution is so simple and easy to read that the people in Haiti should be very wealthy and well-off people right now. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about this medical emergency. Uh, first of all, let's go to the word emergency. I've had engagements with um, officers, state troopers, and engaging with them, um, I, I, I like to say that I speak a fairly well, uh, I'm fairly well versed in fork tongue. And so to engage back and forth with them uh, properly, I've seen them run to their car, run away from my car, run to their car, open up the door, close the door, not get in it, come back and tell me that they have an emergency. So it's an emerge and see, okay? So something has emerged and they're seeing something other than what they previously thought that they saw and they realize it's out of their jurisdiction and they let you go. State troopers, the ones are on the highway, are also 50% uh, civil, 50% criminal. Same thing with um, sheriffs, okay? Sheriffs are actually, sheriffs have, have multiple hats. They, uh, they work in criminal enforcement, they work in civil division, they can be turned into a judge and make an uh, executive decision on the spot. And they also serve as a coroner. So if so, again, if your status is a dead status, they can act as a coroner and declare you dead on the spot, and then proceed to enforce whatever rules that they enforce upon the dead. And so, <clears throat> um, it really is a spiritual thing. Uh, now, here's the flip side to it: is that there is a jurisdiction that can bypass all of these. Uh, troublesome jurisdictions and all of these hurdles that we keep looking at and keep dealing with. And it's called an inherent jurisdiction in equity. And the Bible consistently talks about how people are punished for their iniquity, 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 iniquity. And so in other words, that means that you don't speak the equitable language. You are not um, acting in an equitable fashion and therefore uh, you're punished because of it. The equitable jurisdiction is the most powerful jurisdiction that there is. Um, it is somewhat of a tight rope. Um, it's not like criminal jurisdiction. It's not quite like civil jurisdiction. It's its own jurisdiction, and it follows the law. And the law that it follows is the law of the land. And now those are your protections. Now, your constitutional protections are still there. But people, let's say, for instance, people who are in the United States and they're familiar with the Constitution of the United States of America, which is usually at the federal level, um, there's, an, there's an Article 3, Section 2, Clause 1 jurisdiction that talks about uh, the federal court handles law and equity cases. Also, uh, a lot of people in the United States have a chancery division, which is, which is the same exact thing as an equitable jurisdiction. And in that jurisdiction, you can take on one of the biggest, heaviest corporations out there in the world and prevail, okay? I've done it um, with the help of an amazing friend who, who was teaching me bits and pieces of equity when I started to learn or start to delve into equity and try things. And I won uh, against a Fortune 100 global company. And because my name was on the actual record of the company that they were withholding from me. And so 
you can pretty much um, <clears throat> handle any matter and defeat any foe while using equity and equitable jurisdiction. The one thing that they're looking for is a settlement, which is the same thing as a payment, which is the same thing as a certificate. That certificate is considered um, what can settle all of the matters, okay? Uh, so <clears throat> there, there are ways to get through it. Um, the learning curves might be, you know, challenging for some. The Fort Tongue language might be challenging for some. But as you get to learn it and as you look into it further, you'll realize, wait a minute, I had this conversation and this guy said something to me and it was really strange and I didn't understand it, but I understand it today. And so um, what I'm trying to do is, is make sure that people understand that there is a solution and it has to do with your name. You know, there's my there's my in trial. Sorry, may I just cut in very quickly? Because, of course. <laughs> I'll um, blab on if you don't. No, no, no. There's no blabbing. It, it's it's all pure gold. I'm just trying to get a handle on on this before we get uh, too far down, uh, too far up the sure. mountain. Um, so let's just say that if somebody is born uh, in a normal way, like you say, that their footprint is taken and uh, they they're sort of you know processed in a hospital usually there are other, other children that are born in home at home home births and so on and if i take an extreme example uh there is a, a friend of mine many years ago who whose her mother was born actually on a ship uh en route between uh indonesia and holland this is going back a long time so in fact on her passport uh her her place of birth is actually a longitude and latitude. So the captain. Oh, great. Guy who, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's pretty cool. It's a nice story. Um, but I'm just wondering that in that particular case, or if somebody is born, you know, uh, while traveling or perhaps, you know, on safari or, you know, who knows what it is. I heard somebody the other day was, was born on a plane. I, I don't know how that happens, but you know, in, in an extreme example where there is not the infrastructure in place, I would imagine that maybe, would not be able to be processed in the same way as that, let's say 99% of, of us are. So at what point would that baby uh, enter the, the system? At what point would this, this change of name happen? Or at what point would they, what would be the entry point? That's a good, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> wherever the child's birth record emanates from, Okay, so for instance, hers is a longitude latitude, or excuse me, longitude latitude. That, that longitude latitude system is prior to the United States Postal Address Service or whatever uh, address um, system that they use, it's prior to that. And so at that point, as long as there's a certificate with the full proper name on it, they should be able to go into any court and execute uh, a name change. It shouldn't be a problem. So it's necessary to show that there is a prior document with the proper name, which which is the the capital letter, and then lowercase for the rest of the, the name, and then capital lowercase, capital lowercase for the that that's that's considered your own private own name, your private property. Is that correct? Yes. Now, in the Oxford okay. Dictionary, here's a twist to the story. In the Oxford Dictionary, when you look up the word God, the definition one of many is as a proper name. Mm. Okay. And so in God, we trust because everyone that, that, that certificate um, 
also is evidence of a trust, of property held in trust. And so anything with a raised seal is considered evidence. And, um, and so the, the proper name is, it, that's the one with all the power. That's the one with all of the, the one that needs to be established and put on record. Okay. So, okay, I'm just trying to understand that it seems to me that without people realizing that they're entered into the system uh, as soon as they fill out a form, whether it's a driver's license or their first day at school, yeah. or, or it, it's not it's not a question of being tricked, I don't think, because it, it's kind of the way, it's de rigueur, it's the way that everybody else is processed. But what you're saying is, in essence, is when you sign that form, that when you enter that first, that first uh, document with your name in capital letters, at that point, that's the point when you are considered to be uh, legally dead, and therefore, is that owned by somebody else or, or able to be controlled by somebody else? Is, did I understand yes. correctly? Yes. Um, wow. <clears throat> yeah. Well, technically, it's considered abandoned. Abandoned. Okay, it's 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 what they call an abandoned home. So it's almost like an adverse possession situation with mm. your with your personal property because the name is considered personal property among other things, private property, personal property, and um, <clears throat> and so what happens is is after after seven years of not having heard from anyone with with regard to that record then they put you as dead. Now they've obviously accelerated that. They have a whole generation now. I want to say, I want to say they started maybe in the mid uh, 1990s where they started uh, putting all of the records in all capital letters, just straight off the bat. You're dead. You're just, you're born dead. That's it. And so that whole generation in their twenties has an extra challenge which would be uh, an, an additional amendment, also known as the Second Amendment. You have to an, amend it again, which is an, an additional step. And so um, there was a tweet one day from Donald Trump, and he goes on to say, oh, your Second Amendment rights are under siege. Well, under siege is, is bank. Your Second Amendment rights are in the bank. <laughs> and... Um, it, you know, <clears throat> another thing is that the all capital letter name is an entity called nobody. I learned this from one of the uh, one of the officials when I was talking back and forth, and I said, "Well, I know I'm supposed to do a name change, but I don't quite know what I'm supposed to change it from and change it to." And the official says, "Well, is your name in uh, is it misspelled on any of your documents?" I said, "Well, yeah, on my social security card, it's it's in all capital letters." And the official says, "Well." They have to change that because nobody's name is in all capital letters. And I said, okay, hold on. So what you're saying to me is there's an entity called nobody and nobody's name is in all capital letters. And that's how you identify nobody. All right. Go and when you get a chance and also on my website and the entertainment link, there's a couple of Trump videos where he goes on to say, Oh, nobody can compete with God. And on layman's terms, you're going to be like, you know what, that's absolutely right, and God's the top, and God's the best. But in fork tongue language, he's saying the all capital letter names can compete with the proper name. That's what he's saying. Um, and he uses the word nobody a lot, a lot. And so, and they do this out front. Before Trump was even president, I've been watching him because I'm like, this guy is such a blabbermouth. He's telling all this stuff, and no one notices him. How can you not notice him? And, 
And then when he came up for president, I was like, oh, my God. This guy is just talking all day, every day. He talks about building the wall. Well, the wall is what they call a partition. And that's an action in the court of equity. And what that does is that divides the shares of the personal property between all of the owners. So all cap gets theirs, which is nothing. Proper gets theirs, which is everything connected to the certificate. And then you have these other misnomers, uh, first name, middle initial, last name. Well, the middle initial standalone middle initial letter kills the whole thing because it's a middle initial D and it kills the entire thing. Um, you, you mentioned that Jordan Maxwell was one of your uh, guests and he's absolutely incredible. I learned so much from him. Uh, over a decade ago, I was looking at all of his stuff, and he goes on to talk about the cabinet as diminution, maxima, and minima. That's exactly what this is. And so you're changing it from the cabinet as diminution, maxima, the maximum amount of your rights are lost when your name isn't all caps, to the proper name. And that gives you back your family rights, which brings you into the American family. It brings you into the, um, into the protections of family and the correct proper jurisdiction. Otherwise, they call you black. This whole Black Lives Matter thing going on, if anyone here on this line has been to court, um, they know that when you're in court, the judge is, okay, what are the facts of the matter or in the matter of? And so when you're talking about Black Lives Matter, guess what? Dead lives, dead lives, um, subject matter. Mm. That's what they're talking about. That's what they're talking about. And, and this so, is incredible. It, it, it's like, you know, when I was uh, making the opening of the show, I was talking about sort of, you know, focusing just beyond the veil of uh, mainstream reality. I mean, what you're saying is that basically we should all go out and, and, and check our driver's license, our passports, our national security number, and so on and so on, and, and just see exactly where we are. Because, you know, if, if we're all derelict, if we're all black, yeah. if we're all dead and therefore open to it's it's according to this law and what you're saying is that we're all fair game to be manipulated all the way through our life absolutely and killed and jailed and imprisoned and robbed and stolen from absolutely and 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 here's the thing about taxes guys okay trial just before we go too deeply i'm just going to give you a quick uh heads up because we are a few seconds away from the top of the hour and we're going to sure. go for a break. Uh, but let's, let's set this up for the other side. So what, what would you like to outline? We literally have a few seconds counting down to the top of the hour, but what, what would be the topic we're going to come back to in 10 seconds? Uh, I mean, I guess pretty much the same thing. The language is so important. That's what the barrier is. It's the, it's the language barrier. Um, the biblical stuff. I mean, it's all going to be the same thing, maybe delving into more pockets here and there. Um, okay. But it's pretty much the same thing. I want to drill it home to people. Excellent. And also, I'd love to hear more about the origins of this, this Bible as well. So uh, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, we are going to go to break now. We're going to hear some music and come back very shortly on the other side of the yeah. news.
theotherside@midnight.com. Talk radio or pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Talk radio or pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. The other side of the news. Our guest tonight is Trial. The show is called Houdini's Escape. We are on an unusual adventure the discovery of what our names really mean, what is the word, and how we can regain our true freedom. So, Trial, I invite you to continue where you left off. All righty. Um, one thing that I wanted to point out <clears throat> again, this whole thing is. is um, completely under the 1611 uncopywritten version of the King James Bible. Um, The Old Testament is kind of before the name change, before you get the whole thing sort of settled and quieted. And then the New Testament is the other half of that. Prior. Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Can you just say, what do you mean by the uncopyrighted version of Ah. the King James Bible? So it's not copywritten. No one's actually oral like, tradition. No. Oh no, it's in, it's in book form. It's in book form. It was published and it's it's disseminated and it's you know put out there, but it's not the copywritten version. So there's no no one has actually claimed right to the to the literary material. And where can we find now, this? Um, I'm sure you probably can dig up some copies online. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, a really important piece is that prior to re sort of repenning the the Bible, King James also wrote a book called Demonology, and that <clears throat> that book uh, goes into these other entities um, that are sort of uh, connected with leaseholds, and the leaseholds are all the fake names that they've got us on. And so, and of course, all of that stuff is public, and um, the public side is the side that you want to stay out of. The public side, uh, what they do is they create trust on the public side, and there's endless beneficiaries. So people who are in jail, there's other people benefiting from that. um, When you give your name out, there's other people benefiting from that. And so... um, the public side, you definitely want to stay out of that side if you can protect your name, you know, uh, go and get your name. We've done trademarks, for instance. 
that stops anyone from using the name or the likeness of his name, or for, or the likeness of that name. And um, that has been huge when it comes down to uh, certain uh, court matters or certain matters where organizations are trying to take your name and convert it um, <clears throat> to their use. They actually are unable to do so because it's trademarked, it's protected, okay? Um, and let me see what else I'm trying to, to cover that's super important here. Um, okay, so, so here's, here's another thing that people make a, a, a huge mistake on when they go to court and they call the name out and say, no, 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 that's not my name, that's not my name. That's not going to cut it, okay? Here's an example. I went into court one day, and the judge says, okay, state your name for the record. Of course, I say what my name is. And she says, okay, raise your right hand, take an oath. So I raise my right hand, take an oath. Once I do that, I start trying to put forward my, my constitutional rights and all of this and all of that and all of this and all of that. And the bailiff started surrounding me. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Everything just went completely left. And so um, I used an equitable, an equitable maneuver to change the jurisdiction into um, equity, which is, which is fairness. They also call it God's law, okay? And when I went in this time, uh, the judge saw me sitting there, and she was talking to one of the um, people who were up, you know, up at the podium or whatever talking. And she says to him, and she was talking to me, but she says to him, oh, well, you know what, is your name on it? Because if your name is on it, you have an equitable interest in that matter. Well, if you have an equitable interest in something, that means you're the beneficiary of it. It's your name. You get to claim all the benefits. And if it's not your name, if it's their name, then they get to claim all the benefits of it. Now, <clears throat> further into the court, she, I finally go up, all oh, the matter of, blah, blah, blah. So I go up and she says to me, she, now mind you, she's got um, a Supreme Court um, restriction, an equitable restriction on her behavior. So now it's different. So she says to me, she says, you're not going to give us your name, are you? And I said, absolutely not. And she says, and you're not going to take an oath, are you? I said, absolutely not. So she folds her arms like a genie and she says, what do you wish I do? And I'm completely blown away. I'm like, I want the whole case thrown out. She says, very well. She handed me the case. Now, usually they give the case to the clerk or to whomever's there. She handed me the entire file, gave it to me as my property. That's not the first time that I've had an entire folder handed to me when I demanded my property. Okay. So <clears throat> there are ways out of this. Um, there's other ways too, when you do your, when you finally get your name changed on, you have to go down to the social security office. I want to say in Canada, it's the social identification number, also known as sin. Okay. So you have a sin number and the wages of sin is death. Right. And so when I went there, I had a nice conversation with them. They were very good to me. And they explained to me that there's documentation that you can use. Um, once you go in there and bring your evidence forward that you can release all of these other contract, uh, contractual obligations and bonds on you. You can release them by sending them a piece of paper. Same thing, you can send it to a clerk in the court, and they'll say, oh, okay, well, now we can do business. I just had someone do this a couple weeks ago out in Indiana. Gave them a form, and the, and the clerk saw and says, oh, okay, now we can do business. Now they can recognize you. As before, you didn't exist, you're dead, they're going to keep you in the criminal jurisdiction if you waive your privacy rights and walk in there, which we all do. That's just court, okay? Um, <clears throat> all of these debts that people have gotten themselves into, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's a car note, 
whether it's credit cards, all of this stuff can be completely discharged. Okay. We're not supposed to be paying these debts anyway. In the, in the uh, United States, there's a code, excuse me. <coughs> there's a code, it's, uh, I want to say 18 USC 8, if I'm not mistaken. And it talks about all of the obligations, all of these financial obligations are obligations of the United States. They're not your obligations to make all, to pay this stuff. You are supposed to make a payment with your documentation, of course, in the court of chancery, yes. But while you're on the outskirts, there are other solutions, okay? Such as a, a, a discharge and equipment, such as an assignment, such as a conveyance to convey it over to the United States and, and give them back their property, okay? It's a matter of, Knowing deep down, we all know something's wrong, but knowing deep down that there's a solution is a whole nother story. And then once you know a solution, finding the solution and performing the solution. So there's a whole, there's a whole step, there's a whole um, process of doing these things. Once you get the hang of it, uh, I mean, you can discharge your car payment. $30,000 car payments disappear. $15,000 car, uh, $15, car payments disappear. Poof, gone. Your mortgage, poof, gone. Uh, can I cut in very quickly? I mean, this, this sounds like if, if I choose to buy a house, or if I choose to take a mortgage and I'm living there for yeah. five years and suddenly I think, well, actually, I don't want to pay these payments anymore. I'm going to change <laughs> my name and uh, I'm not going to pay and they can't do anything about it. Does, isn't that sort of a little bit, that's not really equity. That's not fair, is it? Because you have actually purchased well, something. It sounds arrogant, but here's the, here's the situation when you buy a house. When you buy a house, you're, they're actually giving you a character loan, okay? Look into character loan. They're giving you another name because you didn't use your own. So let's say your name is John James Doe, proper form, and you go, I want to I get this, uh, this mortgage. They're going to give you the mortgage, the deed. They're all going to have different names on them, every single last one. Maybe one or two will have the correct proper name on it which you can do an acceptance on that. But um, so they're going to have all these different names on it. It's good. They're going to change it from John J. John J. Doe, comma, uh, um, a widower. Okay. And mm -hmm. that entire line is going to be your new name. They own John J. Doe, comma, a widower. That's theirs. You're using their name. You're paying them to use their name that's attached. And you gave your house up for collateral to use their name for 30 years. You're paying them for their name. It's all an investment contract. So, so here's an interesting story. I was speaking with a sheriff in one of the Southern states and he was retiring in a couple of days. So he was very liberal with information. And we're chit chatting back and forth. And he says, listen, he goes, they're all investors. Every single last one of them, they're all investors. They're all trustees. It's all for your benefit. You just have to return. I said, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I happened to be standing with someone who didn't quite understand, uh, pardon me, who didn't quite understand how these things worked and was a little aggressive. And the sheriff looked at me and he says, he's got a long way to go. And we both kind of started laughing because we, 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 we understood. Okay. Um, all of these people are trustees. They're all trustees for your benefit. You just haven't shown up as the beneficiary with the proper birth certificate form the proper court order showing that it's yours. Okay. Um, I've got a piece. Let me, let me open up my laptop. I'm going to read to you. It says about trustees and equity. Here we are. 
Okay. So this comes out of a book uh, that the one who was helping me learn equity, uh, he suggested that I read this book along with a few other people. And it's called A Treatise on Suits and Chancery by Henry Richard Gibson. And it says, the doctrine that equity requires good works as well as good faith is especially enforced against trustees and all other persons who act in a capacity of trust for others, especially in a fiduciary capacity such as executors, guardians, agents, receivers, clerks of courts, and of individuals, secretaries, treasurers, and other officers of firms, societies, and corporations, bookkeepers, guardians ad litem, next friends, attorneys, and confidential advisors. Any of these persons, when acting for others in reference to matters of property or business entrusted to their care and management, is to that extent a trustee and subject to all of the obligations imposed by courts of equity on trustees and held chargeable for all losses resulting from their want of due diligence equally with losses resulting from downright bad faith. A bad faith action is to take your name, <clears throat> use it for public without just compensation. That's called eminent domain. The taking of private property for public use without just compensation. Now here's the trick. When you're talking about IRS, and tax matters, what they'll do is they'll send, you, they'll send you a piece of paper. And at the top, it will have the entire statement. I don't have the fake name and everything. But at the bottom, there's a perforated dotted line. And at the bottom, it's got a little box. It's got the, the number, the um, monetary amount. And then it says payment on the left side. So they paid you for taking your private property for public use without just compensation. You just didn't know what to do with the payment coupon. Every state statute in the United States of America has a statute that's connected to um, registration of coupon bonds. And when you register the coupon bond, okay, it's supposed to generate principal and interest payments off of that one coupon bond. But people don't know this because they don't know where to find it. They don't know what it is. Okay. So all of these people are trustees acting in your, uh, are acting for you, people don't quite understand it because they've got the wrong name. And if you've got the wrong name, if you've got a civilly dead name, there's no way in hell they're going to act in your stead. They're going to act against you because you have not come forward as the beneficiary to whom everything is owed, including their allegiance and their loyalty. Now, if they get caught, that's a whole other story. Does that make sense? It does, but it's just a huge eye-opener. I mean, I, this is subject is not new <laughs> to me, but it, clearly I'm not in any way specialized like yourself or um, I've not even done anything like the, the research Annette has done. Annette, you must have 100 questions. I do. Come on and, uh... I do, but she, she's on a roll and I'm enjoying it so much. <laughs> yeah, so um, I wanted to go back a little bit um, to the thing about the, the tax liability, because that's one that always comes up when I'm yeah. talking about with this to people, like, what do you mean? How, how can they get away with this? So could you go into that a little bit? Sure. I mean, they're, they're only taxing you. Okay. All taxes are considered a public charge. Okay. So if you're on the public side and you're using their public names, they get to charge you. If I, if I, if I, uh, if I have a house and you want to rent it, 
you have to pay me for, for renting my house. You have to pay monthly or whatever it is that the agreement is, whatever the leasehold is, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's essentially the same thing. If you're going to use this fictitious name, then you have to pay for it. A lot of people will file these documents and then file a, 10, a 1040. The IRS code says that the 1040 documents are for drug dealers and other criminals. Um, that's pretty much what it is. is if you're using that name and if you're using a public persona, which pretty much everyone is, and you have not released it through Social Security or, or other means, then you have to pay to use it. You're out in the public sphere. You have to pay for it. That's how they see it because it's someone else's property. Okay. It's all about property. So, so in Chancery, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a little different. Okay. Um, they automatically see the opposing side as acting in fraud automatically. Okay. Um, and here are some of the rights in Chancery. And this is why I say, when it comes down to the pandemic and the mask wearing and all this other crazy stuff that they're trying to enforce on us, you're going to have to use a chancery or an equitable um, um, environment because there, you don't have any other rights outside of that. So here are your rights in chancery. It says, and this is from the same book, uh, Treaties on Suits and Chancery, to protect and enforce the rights to property is the objects of the suits and chancery. And it says, the term property as used in this section, includes everything that is the subject of exclusive individual ownership, or to be more specific, includes not only land, houses, goods, and chattels, and credits, but also a man's person, the name is your person, it's your property, and his wife and minor children, and his right to work, and to sell and acquire property, and engage in any lawful business, and his and their reputation, health, and capacity to labor, and his and their right to enjoy the senses of sight, smell, hearing, taste, okay? We're having a tough time with that right now because they're trying to overshadow us with, with, and impose their health shit on us. And his and their right to speech and locomotion. They've got masks over people's mouths so that they can't speak, Okay. And his and their right to enjoy their sense of moral propriety when normal. As men live by their labor and property, no man is presumed to part with either without receiving or expecting an equivalent in value. Hence, whenever one person has obtained either the labor or property of another, he should pay or account therefore, unless he can prove it was a gift. And so whatever injury one person does to another's property or capacity to labor should be made good. Now, go back. Give me your name. I need your name. Give it to me. That's a donation. That's a gift. Did you know that the police are a charity and they operate solely off of donations? Well, a police I do, officer but most told people me don't. That. <laughs> a police officer told me that they're a charity. Yeah. They are. They need your name. Yes. They need your name. To, they need the gift. Mm -hmm. They need the gift. The gift from God. See, here's, this, here's, here's the kicker to the whole thing. You're the God in the story. Okay? And I'm not saying this out of arrogance. I'm not saying this out of, out of uh, delusion. I'm saying it because that's what it is. And they know it. And so the, the documentation, the certificate of live birth, the birth certificate, um, on the name part, it says child. That's a child of God. Well, if you're a child of God, that also makes you a God as well. Additionally, 
they also have demigods running around. These people, if you look up the word demiurge, D-E-M-I-U-R-G-E, look up the word demiurge and you'll quickly find that it's magistrates, clerks, attorneys. It's all of these lesser, quote unquote, lesser gods um, that are running the show because the true gods haven't returned. Here's another kicker. The medical industry has an oath, the older Hippocratic oath the, that the doctors take. They take an oath to the gods and the goddesses. Dig that one up on Google. Hippocratic oath. Dig it out. And, and I've used this in hospitals where they wanted my name. They wanted this. They wanted that. So I filled out the, the documentation in a specific way. I put that it was private over the top, and it's a, prior, a proprietary claim on the document. And the doctors recognize it immediately. And he comes in and he says, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, here we go with the game. I said, oh, yeah, I'm from the kingdom. And he laughs and he says, well, we'll do anything for you. This is a doctor. Never received a bill. The billing guy comes running in, covered in sweat, panting. I can't take this. I can't take this. You have to refill it out. We refill it out the exact same way. He freaks out. He snatches it. And he says, I can't take this and upload this into my system. If I do that, the IRS will audit me. I said, oh, really? Because you're taking private property for public use without just compensation. Is that why? So so this brings up an interesting question. I mean, I'm sure I've had this question. I'm sure a lot of people do. And that is, if all of these people are aware of this, then how do we have this whole thing going on? Because I wasn't aware of any of this when I was growing up. And you know, I, I grew up, like, for example, around a lot of doctors. And what is, I mean, how much of this do they actual, actually know? Or do they just understand one little piece? Or how does that work? They know it. They know it. The doctors know it. The clerks know it. The police know it. The sheriffs know it. The judges know it. I have been stopped dead in my tracks by a state trooper, you know, saying things to me like, hey, uh, you know, you left your credit card upstairs, which is really... The documentation that I left upstairs was an authenticated record that has full faith and credit on it. <laughs> so they all know. I, here's an interesting story. I was um, talking to some of the police in a small town, and I said, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, it's my understanding that this entire system runs off of the 1611 uncopywritten version of the King James Bible. And they all start smirking and grinning. I said, and if that's the case, then what is the police station? And the cops all start laughing, and one of them goes, this is purgatory. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they all know, they all play a position in the in the in the story. Each county will have a sheriff. The sheriff acts as the Shire Reeve in, in each county. They also work for what's called the House of David. They have the six star badges. That's the Star of David. They work for the House of David. Um, tangled up in the Midwest last year. Whew, that was a mess. And I refused to give them my name, and the, the cops is seven days. So they held me for, they were going to hold me for seven days. And then when I left, they washed my clothes, folded them, and gave them to me in a bag and apologized. Washed my clothes. Like it says in the Bible, after seven days, the unclean shall be clean. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so all these people actually know what's going on. So, I, I'm, I'm like, yeah. oh, I, but I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. What, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. I, I had to, I had to go through a lot of studies and a lot of classes to, to even get to where I am right now, which isn't that far. Um, I know. 
I'm sorry, Annette, to cut in, but my father was a physician, and he didn't know. Uh, so I, I don't know if all physicians know. They do. They take a Hippocratic oath. But and I in that oath, understood the implication of what you're saying it means. Well, if he had a private client that came in on the private side, he would know exactly how to handle it. The majority of the people come in, they come in from the public side. They give their name, they give their social, they just give everything away. They're automatically defaulted to debt and treated as such. But they know if a private client comes in with, um, excuse me, private documentation, a private status, or they fill out the paperwork a certain way, they know exactly what that is. It's rare, but they know exactly what that is. And I'm going to tell you, I did this in the middle of Mississippi, and they knew. Okay, the butthole of the United States of America, and they knew. Well, my father's sure gone now, so I in, can't really ask. <laughs> I'm sure that our listeners in that area will be delighted <laughs> with that description. Uh, I, I think everybody from Mississippi knows. <laughs> I think they know. <laughs> yeah, I think they know. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. This is why, you know, I was looking at this case where this, this woman was in a Louisiana prison for, like, the rest of her life for stealing a purse from the store or something like that. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, she waived everything. Now, there's certain jurisdictions, like these, these criminal municipal jurisdictions, those are a little different. They don't recognize equity unless you go to a higher court and, and flip a switch with, like, a mandamus or something like that. Um, but in those lower courts, where people are arrested and they have bonds on them, the, the, the bail bondsman company, they have power of attorney over the bonds. They, they change the name and they put power of attorney over the bonds. And those bonds have a monetary value. All you have to do is grab power of attorney from them and now you have the bond and you can, you can completely take complete possession of that bond and everything associated with it. It's a matter of who has the higher title, who has the strongest uh, title who has the the highest control over the name that they're using and if you don't if you don't put it forward there's a webinar that we did it's called civil liberties one of my favorites and there's a snippet in there and it goes on to talk about each and every single court case they are only looking to see who has the higher right and that's with everything if you put forth your right see they, they look at it like this if you don't know your rights you don't have any Okay, we've eliminated felonies. They try to charge me with felonies. They try to charge my daughter with felonies. Gone, all gone, because we know how to um, to, to to deal with them. It's all business. That's how they look at it. Is it's all business. Trial. You see what I'm saying? I, absolutely. I'm I'm just curious. I mean, a, I have a hundred questions. I'm sure Annette hasn't okay. even done her hundred <laughs> pile of a hundred yet. Um, one of the, the points is is that surely we're, we're all programmed and processed to yeah. walk up to a desk and hand our information to people because that's what we believe is the, what we're supposed to do. So, right. you know, what point would, how, how would anybody know to, to, to sort of break out of this, uh, sure. you know, this cycle? It takes practice. Um, Okay, yeah, can I have your name? You may absolutely not have my name. My name is a Fourth Amendment uh, protected property. Okay, and they understand it. They do. They fully, completely understand it. Um, I've even had some, here's an interesting story. I had, a, uh, I had a phone conversation with a clerk. It was a federal clerk. 
and I called up there and I'm talking to her and she says, can I have your name? I said, absolutely not. You may absolutely not have my name. My name is protecting the fourth amendment of the United States American constitution. And she started apologizing. Hey, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, you don't have to give me your name. How can I help you? So I told her what I needed. So we start to conclude the conversation after the engagement goes back and forth. And I have a piece of paper. <laughs> and I said, I said, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. What was your name? I didn't get your name. And she pauses and she says, clerk. And I burst out laughing and she burst out laughing. And I said, I totally get it. She says, you know what it is. I said, I know. I absolutely know exactly what it is. And we had a good chuckle about it. And we hung up and we parted ways. They know what it is. This is a clerk. This is uh, Annetta. We are at the bottom of the hour. Can you believe it? Um, and we'll bring you back right after this. Richard C. Hoagland here. I'd like you to support The Other Side of Midnight by subscribing to Club 19.5 and thereby joining our unique and growing radio community. Tune in to listen to our fascinating guests, pioneers on the out-there edge of science and thought, and gain access to exclusive member benefits. To do this, just visit our website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the navigator bar or in the left-hand column. Membership costs $19.95 per month. That's 33 tetrahedral cents a day. I mean, it's the price of a couple of cups of coffee. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to this show and literally hundreds of previous shows on hundreds of different topics going back to 2015 that we have done. Our archive shows have the commercials removed and you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the 19 Point Archives if you prefer. To enhance your listener experience, a new The Other Side of Midnight podcast is being added to all show pages, which will allow you to instantly search the show archives of Radio with Pictures, thus easily accessing the corresponding show. Plus, you can just as quickly access the entire podcast list when you're on the go. I want to personally thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your continuing support, this show would literally not be on the air. Please continue supporting the broadcast to provide you with the most interesting conversation available, talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought, and if you like what you hear on the other side of midnight, tell your friends and continue growing the show by having them subscribe to Club 19.5 as well, because we need all of you. And when I say we need you, you're the reason we're doing all this. Oakland, over and out.
welcome back to the other side of the news. My co-hosts tonight are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kintia. Our honored guest is Trial, and the show is called Houdini's Escape, and uh, she's showing us a way to escape. We were just talking about what the courts and know and what they don't know. And uh, Aneta, Trial, would you like to continue? Yes, I wanted to. Um, so I found, and I'm sending Aneta these links as I'm um, digging them up. I sent her uh, the link for Demonology Wikipedia. But this one here is the definition of Devi, uh, excuse me, Demiurge from the Encyclopedia Britannica Online. And it says, uh, Demiurge is a public worker. Uh, in philosophy, it's a subordinate god who fashions and arranges the physical world to make it conform to a rational and eternal ideal. Plato adapted the term, which in ancient Greece, uh, Greece had originally been the ordinary word for craftsman or artisan, broadly interpreted to include not only manual workers, but also heralds, soothsayers, and physicians, and which in the 5th century BC had, bec- had come to designate certain magistrates or elected officials. Look at that. That pretty well lays it out. <laughs> yes. So, so they're only in charge because we did not do our part, which we didn't know we had to do. Now, they tell us in encrypted terms. They've got little notes on the back of the, uh, on the, uh, the older Social Security cards, on the back of the birth certificate. It tells you to register them and so on and so forth, which is the ultimate goal get into the registers um and because we failed to do our part which of course they encrypted it so we don't understand it uh they are now in control and possession of the earth well hang on a second because as far as i know we were granted dominion over everything over everything the birds the fish the sea everything it's our it's 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 our land it's our world and they're in charge um, they're also at the doorway when we go to retrieve our property, which includes all of those equitable rights, the right to breathe your own fresh air, the right to speech, the right to your, to your own labor, the right to your children. All of those rights are all in exclusive equity. Um, and I, tr- what I try to do is simplify everything, um, and break it down so that we can all understand it. And then people can go out and execute it themselves and do it on their own. Um, I was watching the coronavirus, you know, all this stuff on the news. And they said three key locations, which are the majority of where the people who hold these name change decrees are. And so really quickly, a decree is a court order, but a decree is different from a court order in that the definition the definition of decree means ordained by god <laughs> so again this is a this is a whole spiritual angels and demons story you're living in it you're uh, nearing the end of it and your 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 main job is to get that name changed get it into the register and your obligation is complete and you and you're done and then what and then you get to have all your rights back okay. you get to you get to be exempt from all of this craziness. You get to be um, in the kingdom of heaven. 
and and that's pretty much not being harassed and bothered. Uh, the definition of deviling is to be harassed, bothered, accused, um, and uh, the the definition of devil is uh, an, an assistant attorney, the devil's <laughs> advocate. <laughs> so anytime you you start to really enforce and push your rights, they always want to transfer everything over to legal. Mm-hmm. For a reason. So so let's say that you have made it into the kingdom of heaven. Let's just fast forward this a little bit. Uh-huh. Here. And uh, you know we're living in today. You know we're living in in September 2020. And yeah. um, let's say you live in California, where we you know, we have lots of we have lots of draconian measures here. So how do you yeah. actually, you know, apply this in real life? What would you say, like, I, I want to go into a store or I want to go fly across the country, something like that? You have an exemption. You'll have the documentation for that. In most cases, so for instance, I, when I got my name changed on, my license was suspended, revoked, you name it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was in bad shape. And I, uh, I flew down to uh, Florida for a vacation and my license was active and I was able to rent a car. I said, this is weird. So I checked the DMV online and it said suspended and provoked. But here I am with this, with this uh, shield over my, my license, able to rent a car. This, the, 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 the system is designed, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a two-way mirror system. On one side, you're a criminal. They're going to treat you as a criminal. But on the other side, even though it has to look like everyone else's because it has to blend in with everyone else, um, they, they know who you are. I've been in, I've been in places that I've never been before and had discussions with, uh, officials and they knew who I was. How do you know who I am? I'm, I'm from Massachusetts and I'm in Texas and you know who I am. They know who you are. And so it ripples throughout the entire structure because it, the, the system is interconnected. They use something called a matching system. Okay. And their records have to match. And if the records match, oh, okay, you're the beneficiary. But if they don't match, then you're automatically thrown into the criminal dead zone. Okay. And everything that I'm saying, you can go, you can look up, you can look up matching systems. Everything that I'm talking about is what I've learned from them. So do you think, uh, like, okay, let, let's let's go back. I'm, and I'm, I'm just going to probably belabor this point. But, you know, we've got videos on the on the page and stuff, you know, the, the uh, people being literally thrown onto the ground and, and, and yeah. nearly killed for not wearing a mask. So at that point, I mean, you know, would it, are these thugs stoppable with a piece of paper? I mean, I think that yes. these are, are hired criminals at this point. They're not, I'm not even sure they're real police officers is what I'm saying. So do they know to stop? I mean, if you whip out a piece of paper, is that going to work? Absolutely. The engagement, <clears throat> you're, it's like a salesman. Uh, you, ha- you have a, a five-second sales pitch. So, uh, excuse me, you're not wearing a mask. Hang on a second. Before, before we go any further, I'm going to urge that you, uh, that I'm going to hold you to your constitutional oath of the state of California and the United States of America. I'm going to let you know that you're, you're, you're in the process of violating my Fourth Amendment rights. Before we go any further, I want to show you that I am completely exempt from being forced to wear a mask. All of my rights are in place. And uh, to be honest with you, you might not even have to have that discussion. Because as soon as, as, soon as it hits the system, boop, they're going to know. I've done some things throughout time. Before I got my name changed, I've done some things. And it was a uh, restriction on my, on my automobile. And 
the police were driving by my house with trainees and pointing to me. I accidentally, I, I accidentally ran through a stop sign and I was like, oh my God, there's a cop sitting there. Oh, shit. And he, and he, he waves out the window. You're good. You're good. Keep going. You're fine. Okay, so they know who you are. Now, if you wave that right, you're in even more danger than you were if you didn't have those rights because you, 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 you deliberately waived your protections under God and you've made an election to go with the other side. They're going to come for you guns blazing. Okay, okay. All right. So um, I did want to get back to, and this is something that Timothy kind of uh, hit on, and, and I, this is an idea that uh, has fascinated me about the private and the public. And I don't know if this is out of the realm of what we want to talk about tonight, so you can tell me if it is. But uh, my understanding is we have the private accounts and the, and the public accounts. So when people say, oh, well, they aren't getting paid their money, my understanding is they, they were already paid their money for like a mortgage when you signed your signature. Right. Um, uh, so, you know, can, can you explain that in a, in a easy way with an analogy here or is that, am I bringing sure. up something that's tough? <laughs> no, no, this is, this is, this is perfect. So um, <clears throat> signatures, signatures are considered, um, a grant okay and before it was signatures it was called autographs and i had this i had this this uh uh conversation with one of the clerks at the federal court because he wanted to do the mental engagement back and forth game with me so au on the table of elements is gold okay yes two is obviously two and graph is to write. So gold to write. Every time you sign that piece of paper, it's a granting of, of a signature. It's a payment. Right? It's the same thing as execution. You're executing a, an agreement. You're executing a trust. You're executing a, a contract. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your only problem is, <clears throat> is that these people are investors. Once you waive your, your right to privacy, they take it and they invest in it until the owner returns. That's how that works. So everything is absolutely paid, but your accounts are locked. Your name is locked. There's no, there's no record of your name anywhere. The number, the actual numbered account, there's no record of that having an owner anywhere either. There's no release anywhere on file. And so, unfortunately, we now know that you're not the beneficiary. We checked our records. They don't match. Now you're in an investment agreement, and this investment is a 30-year investment that you have to keep paying on unless you, unless you want to come in and do a redemption of who you are. You're stuck in that 30-year agreement. They take all the money that you pay for 30 years. They take off. And here's your house. Uh, you know, our easement. We took our easement back. We took our fake name back. Here's your house. Have a nice life until you go in and make a claim for it. So you can claim anything with the number. The Bible says you cannot buy, sell, or trade without the name or the number of its name. This is exactly what we're talking about, okay? The Bible also says, Thou shalt not forsake my name. And I know for a fact, forsaking the name is a big, fat no-no. Big, fat no-no. Anytime I've ever been in any type of extreme danger uh, was forsaking the name. And the other one was, it was not believing in myself. You know, second-guessing myself, having doubts, and then forsaking the name. And then, boom, I ended up in even more danger. So, um there's also a part of the Bible that says they will hate you for my name's sake. 
they most certainly will. They most certainly will. Because these people who are supposed to be investors and trustees and fiduciaries are stealing. The banks are supposed to be. Yeah. Huh? The banksters. Oh, yeah. Well, they're all stealing. But they, I mean, they just converted your name into a fake name. They give you a, a statement every month with a coupon, and no one knows how to register the coupon, so you keep paying. If you're not paying or if you're not, if you're not claiming or if you're not paying, now they have the right to come in and um, try to bring you into a foreclosure process. Now, of course, a foreclosure process is a process, and you have to agree to that process. You can knock that whole thing out. You can abate that. We've had foreclosure cases where when they came in with the foreclosure, we did an abatement on it, knocked it completely out, and they withdrew their whole thing. Fail. And yeah. may I ask I mean, the, I have a hundred questions still, and <laughs> we're nearly at the end of the show. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you'd consider coming back sometime soon, because I feel that you know we have like 15 minutes to go, and, and, and we're just getting started. We're not even scratching the surface yet. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things that intrigues me, I have three or four questions to sort of get in if I can, but one of the things that intrigues me is that you mentioned that the origin of the code, which is within the King James Bible from... 1611, I think it was, uh, goes back to 2750 BC. So Mm -hmm. can you, in in a a short few sort of sentences, explain that connection? Is the code uh, removed from the religious aspect of the Bible? Is the Bible actually carrying the code, the protocol, and it happens also to be the Bible that you put your hands on and swear on in court and so on? Is it the code or is it the religion? aspect i'm very interested it's by both that. they're the same thing all the codes emanate from the bible mm-hmm. everything that they do listen <clears throat> every single thing that these people do uh it comes out of the bible they don't deviate from the bible and i've learned not to not to deviate as well it's the same bible that you put your hand on maybe with a few variations maybe shortened maybe you know, uh, maybe a Gideon's version or something like that. But um, every single thing that they do is completely biblical. Completely. So, so just to ask you, you mentioned earlier that the Turkish constitution is, is in a good state. However, obviously there's no Christian Bible in any Turkish courtroom. So how does that work? Is the code in the... Quran is it is it is it is it somehow yeah uh, I've, I've, I have the Quran yes I went through the Quran a few years back I sat there oh gosh this is maybe seven years ago and I sat there nursing my baby and I had the Quran I had the, um, the black squad dictionary I had the Bible and I had another book and I'm sitting there matching them all and I said, I can't believe this. It's the same language. It's one massive universal language with different dialects. That's all it is. The same story that we're talking about now is the same story in baseball. Hit three points and take your behind home. It's the same thing with, with football. Grab the ball, run. You got, all, you got them all chasing you, and you get home and you touch down. It's the same thing. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Every single movie that I watch is the same movie as the previous movie. Moana is the same thing as um, uh, Jumanji. It's the same thing. Um, one of the movies that's really um, 
one of my childhood favorite movies was The Neverending Story. And in that movie, they talk about the name. They talk about the nothing, which would be the nobody. Um, how, you know, when people lose hope, that the nothing gets stronger. Um, and at the end, in order to save Fantasia, the world of fantasy, they had to give her a new name. It's in the movie from the 80s. Well, it's in the program. Um, it's, it's, it's in every single movie. You'll hear them say, I'm just a nobody. I'm just a nobody. I said, oh, my God, they're saying it again. We had a yeah. joke in my house. You know, who's in the bathroom? Nobody. And everyone would start laughing because we know that what, what nobody is. So well, it's, an, it's, it's entirely know, encrypted. Yeah. Oh. It's an entirely encrypted book. Um, you can break it down by using Oxford dictionaries, legal dictionaries. Um, you can match it with the laws in your state, and you'll find that it's the same thing in the Bible. Um, attorneys are in the Bible. Um, clerks are in the Bible. City plantations are in the Bible. Gods and goddesses are, they even have aliens in the Bible. They have Pleiadians in the Bible. Okay. All of this stuff that we're experiencing right now is in this book. Now, I guess the question is, is, is the, is, is the world modeled after the book or is the book modeled after the world? I mean, that's the chicken and the egg argument. We can have that all day, but it is what it is. And what it is right now is that this manual this Bible is an encrypted instruction manual on how to navigate through this system. I've even had to perform Revelations 11 in a court, and then the same day, I had two young women come up to me in the mall. Um, and I, at first, I was annoyed. I'm like, oh, you know, these Bible girls again. But they seemed to know that I just came out of court performing Revelations 11, and they were offering me hints. And at the end of the conversation, I asked them, are you telling me that you went to the court of equity and put your papers into the, into the court of equity? And they both said, yes. I said, wait a second, hold on. Are you telling me that you're fully redeemed? You brought your, your certificates into the court of equity and this is why you don't engage with police anymore. Cause I was, I, I, I had mentioned um, that I had talked to a, a police officer and they both jumped in. Oh, we don't talk to them. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, okay. So what you're saying is this. And they both said yes. They agreed, and they turned around. They walked away. Unbelievable. Yeah. How very about, weird. If we're talking about something which is becoming very topical, is this uh, disgusting, poisonous vaccination that's being brewed away oh, around the world by some 140 companies, and yeah. uh, being rushed out uh, without testing, and, and so on and so on, and using technology yeah. that's never been used before in humanity, and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, is there a is there a, a, a get out of jail card using yes. this system to avoid mandatory vaccination? Is there something yes. that you can lay out that we can start to research now and avoid this? It's going to be your equitable right. It's going to be your rights and equity, <clears throat> the right to maintain and manage your own health. Um, the same thing that I read a little bit earlier. If you need, I can read it one more time. Let me just dig it up here. Yeah, that's out of I Gibson, think it, right? Huh? Is that out of Gibson? That's out of Gibson. That's out of Gibson. Yeah, it's called. If you a, could, yeah, if you could give me the, uh, you can send it to me. The uh, thing I can put it on the show page for you because I actually have Gibson right. I have that whole, all those bars sure. behind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's we even can, a part in that. There's even a part in Gibson that tells you that if the name is misstyled, um, then then 
it does irreparable harm and evil to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in order to get out of vaccines, um, you would have to go into the court of chancery. I would think that you would do an injunction, um, a demand for an exemption against those laws imposing on your equitable rights. But of course, if you go into equity, uh, equity will not aid a volunteer, and a volunteer is someone who has not given consideration, and that consideration is the signature, the execution on the back of your birth certificate. Everything narrows down to the word. In the beginning was the word. The word is a deed. That document is also considered a deed. It's considered a deed poll. It's considered a bill of lading. It's considered trust documentation. Um, it's considered, oh gosh, what else do they call it? They call it a birth certificate. They'll call it a birth certificate in a criminal jurisdiction, but in equity, they'll see it as a trust. They won't see it as a trust in alternate jurisdiction, so you need to be in the correct jurisdiction. And there's ways to do that. Mm. I'm really wondering if we could put something together, Anessa, that after the show and perhaps post it, uh, which is like a, you know, a 10-stage or a five-step five stage uh, okay. explanation how well, to... I, I think we can can give some some pointers, but uh, it's it's a pretty complex subject. It's a very complex subject. Uh, but um, I did put a posting in. Um, well, Kinthi actually posted it uh, in um, trials uh, fast links for a webinar that's actually happening uh, Sunday. And so yep. if people are really interested in learning more. All of that information is on the page under her fast links. And um, I think it's item number two. Um, it describes what she's going over. So there's that mm-hmm. also. And, and her webpage also has a lot of resources on it, which is item number one under her items. So yep, on um, the webpage, there's a ton of um, webinars that we've done over the series, over the period of, I think, five or six years that go into the name change, that go into different maneuvers that you can use if you're, if you're getting into trouble, if you're in danger. There's a... Uh, testimonies of people who have experienced things when using uh, equity and then of course we have an event coming up this Sunday at the beginners course in equity 101 what your rights are uh, how to go about using them how to stay on the private side of the court when you bring in your your uh, would you file your documents your complaints whatever it is that you're trying to achieve and so we're going over that um, on Sunday and then I want to say a few weeks after that, there's a second portion of it uh, that goes into a little bit more depth. And then, of course, again, there's tons of webinars on there that you can click on and check them out and check out the data. Um, they're all slides. And in the slides and discussions, I use um, Hollywood as, as some examples of what they're trying to tell you. I also match it with the Bible. I also show you the laws. Um, I show you um, the solutions and things like that. So I'm completely solution-based. Um, and Tony and I uh, have, have, have put so much time and effort and research over the, over the past couple of years into this stuff, even more so when I was doing it by myself. He has been just such a huge asset. And, um, and we've just really turned up the heat on this stuff because we see what's going on and we see that time is sort of winding down. And... Um, we're trying to get this done and get as many people liberated as, as possible. 
what sort of timeline does it take? I mean, I, again, I know we're, we're running out of time with this show, and I know everybody's situation will be different in different jurisdictions, different countries, and so on. But is is it something you can do in days or weeks or months or years? What if what you're really good? If you if you're really good, you can do. It. So in some jurisdictions, what we've done, uh, we've so for instance, uh, there's a there's uh, Illinois, and that seemed to be a really tough spot over the years. And so um, we went into Illinois. Uh, and the thing about these county courts is this, is that all these courts are constitutional. So we went in there and said, hey, is this a constitutional court? Yes. Wonderful. I've got this article right here in the uh, Illinois Constitution that says that I have the right to redress uh, without, without delay, without pay, uh, without having to pay you, and, and to get it immediately done without denial. Oh, hold on. So what, usually what they'll do is they'll send three people to, to test you. And then the fourth one, sometimes the third one, it'll work as three times the charm. Remember, this is all spiritual stuff. Um, after the third or fourth person, they took us up to a courtroom. There was no one in there but us and the judge. And we walked out with two court orders the same day. Same day. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. That's so a very each, fast turnaround. Yeah. So if you're, if you're really good, you know your state constitution, or if you dig through your state constitution, it's usually under redress of injury to person. And if you can pinpoint that piece of redress of injury to person, you walk in, hey, listen, my person's been injured, okay? Um, and I believe this is a constitutional court, and if it is, I need to see a judge right now. Oh, you can't see a judge? What do you mean? Are you violating your own constitutional oath here, man? Because this is what it says. You just said this was a constitutional court. And if this is a constitutional court and you have a constitutional oath, I need you to go ahead and, and perform your duties. Otherwise, you're in dereliction of that duty, and that's a no-no. That's a breach of fiduciary duty, and you really – the penalty for that, I believe, is death. Well, that's – You'll that's find yourself that's in front of that judge end, real quick. That's something to end the show on because we're already here. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I would encourage people to certainly check out all the resources that are on the page, uh, look up Trial's links, and uh, – look up her website it has great information and she does have this webinar on the weekend and we thank you for joining us